Good luck to Zandra. Married to Lex, she's gonna need it. <laughs> to Zandra. Welcome to episode 33 of Conversation on Eagle Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host, Lance, and joining me on the podcast panel today is Liz. Hello. Sabine. Hi. And Carlin. Hello. With episode notes done by Matt and myself. So episode 33. The screenplay was done by James Wiley. It was directed by John Reed. And the episode synopsis will be read out by Carlin. The mall is hopping with everyone working on the upcoming wedding of Zandra and Lex. While some of the girls help Zandra prepare for the big day, Tizan meditates for the young couple. And Jack and Dale work feverishly on getting the mountain operational for the ceremony. Afterwards, the boys partake in a little or a lot of cider procured in the trade with the farm tribe, leading to the disastrous results. Meanwhile, Celine has taken to stealing the other mall rat's personal items for bartering with Roanne. Where's Tyson? She's not coming. Why? She did get invited, didn't she? No. No! I'm not having it. It ruined everything. Zandra. It's my hen's night, isn't it? Are you angry at Tyson? Zandra, this wedding is supposed to be bringing us together. All right. Good. Chloe, go and see if Tyson wants to join us. So, um, it is the night before Zandra and Lex get married, and the boys and girls separate for the respective stag and hen parties. Um, the last time we saw this, the group, it was divided when it was during the work strike. Uh, yeah, panel, um, how do you think the tribe has changed since those events? Mm, they're much more harmonious. You know, they're not separating because they're uh, it's striking against each other or there's no strife between them. You know, it's, it's part of this wonderful ceremony they're all working towards to make a good thing for two of their tribe mates. So it has a completely different energy to it. Mm. Yeah, it does. And especially in that they're finally starting to come more together as a tribe. They haven't been arguing over who does what as much lately as they did back then. So yeah, it, it feels like they're finally an actual tribe now. Yeah, I, I agree. From the previous episodes and earlier in the season, they've gone through so many traumatic events together that you can finally see them coming together as a as a family. Yeah, that's the word I was going to use. They feel like a family. A lot of warmth and support for each other and letting bygones be bygones and everybody seems to be on the same page of just, you know, the little things. It, it, it doesn't matter. We're all getting along. We're all playing nice because we can do that tonight. It's fine. <laughs> Exactly, well, plenty, yeah. we can fight in a couple days. We'll always have something to argue about, but today we're just we're just feeling good and celebrating this thing, you know. And everyone's being so inclusive. I mean, even Lex is asking Bray to join them. Mm. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> that actually made me smile when I watched the episode because after finishing the series and then looking back of like what's going to happen uh, between the two, it just makes me smile that they're able to you know get together. Well, it says a lot. Um, I mean, when you think about a wedding, 
and how who is usually there to support you, you know, if and when you choose to get married. It's your family. And if for whatever reason your family can't be there, the people who step in and take that place are your friends. You know, you will like say you don't if you're a bride and you don't have a father to walk you down the aisle. Another male who's close and cares about you would offer to do that or you might ask them to. And so I get that sense from the mall rats that, you know, Lex and Zandra, they don't have their family anymore. They don't have any of their loved ones left. And in the normal world, that's, you know, this would be very different. And especially for Zandra, you know, as she has the more atypical fantasy that many females grow up with. She's been looking forward to this day all her life. And it's not the way it would have been had the virus not happened. And so you get the sense that the Malrats are really stepping up to the plate to give her that same amount of support that she would have had her mother and father, brothers or sisters, cousins, whatever, were there um, so that you don't feel like something's missing on this very special event, you know? Um, on the subject of inclusion, like, what did you think, panel, about Amber pressing Zandra to invite Tyson to the hem party? I, do you think she really should be included after everything that happened? Mm-hmm. I think I think it would be different if Tyson was actively trying to split Lex and Sandra up. If she was actively trying to be a troublemaker, um, but I think even Amber, even though she disagrees with the fact that Tyson slept with Lex <laughs> and got involved in this, even she recognizes that. Okay, fine. I don't agree with Tyson's methods, but she wasn't trying to cause any harm, and she isn't interested in breaking these guys up. She's not trying to cause any trouble. And Tyson's been on her best behavior since that confrontation mm-hmm. and been doing her best to just stay out of it and not cause any troubles for these two and has made it a point that she's not interested in causing trouble for them. So even mm-hmm. Amber's like, there's no reason to exclude her, you know, or treat her like she's an outsider. She's a part of our family. And if we're going to move forward, you can't leave her out of important events like this. Of course, I do understand why Zandra wouldn't want her there. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Zandra's not wrong for not wanting, you know, her fiance's uh, booty call at the <laughs> <end> party. <laughs> but um, it was nice of Zandra to be like, fine fine she can come if she wants to be here you know it was it says a lot about zandra that she's willing to make that concession amber's like come on this is for everybody (laughs) she doesn't you won remember zandra she doesn't want him you got him can you be the bigger person and invite her please (laughs) yeah i agree you know there's always that one part of the family that's there at the wedding that you're kind of questioning should they be there or should they not be there but at the end of the day Tizan is part of the family and she contributes a lot to them all in a, in a spiritual way. Yeah, she's the crazy aunt you have to invite. Yeah. <laughs> but it wouldn't have been the same without them anyways. <laughs> Amber reminds me of a parent who's trying to coax a child into saying sorry to someone they don't want to or inviting that kid from school to their birthday party. Mm-hmm. Mom! <laughs> Come on, it's the nice thing to do. But he picks his nose and wipes boogers on everything. I know, but it's still the polite thing to do, sweetie. You have to invite him to the birthday party. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I give her credit for that. She does know she should not be there. And she's trying her best to do her own little thing, not get in the way of anyone. Yeah, I like that too. Like she's she's read the room. She's like, I know it would not help Zandra's energy 
if I'm at this thing. So I don't want to make things worse. And I'm going to contribute to this wedding the best way I can. And that is, mm -hmm. you know, spiritual wishes and giving, you know, sending them good vibes and energy so that this works out for them. And I was like, that's nice of you, Tyson. It's like declining the invitation and sending cash instead. <laughs> like, I know you don't want me there. So here's 200 to start your new life. <laughs> Which is a good gift. <laughs> I'll take that. Poor Lex. He didn't stand a chance. I wonder who'll be next. Amber? Maybe. So, does this mean you and Sasha are official? Oh, great. I love Sasha. Yeah, now he'll have to stay. I hope so. Don't worry. You're married for each other. Uh, let's move on to our favourite subject, Sasha and Amber. Um, panel, at the hen party, Trudy wonders who'll be next to get married, and Amber coyly admits that she and Sasha are now an item. She later meets up with him and implies that they could spend the night together, though he declines. Um, yeah, given her previous hesitancy in getting romantically involved with either Bray or Sasha, was her change in pace and her openness with the rest of the group a surprise to anyone? Um, and did the panel like this new heart on her sleeves, Amber? I think it's an eye-opening. I mean, I always suspected this about Amber. I know some people think that she's cold and that she doesn't actually care about these things or want them. But I recognized very early on that her distance is just a defense mechanism. And so seeing this window into Amber and what she craves and what she desires isn't much different than any of her peers. It felt very natural to me. I was not surprised at all that Amber could have this well of warmth and romanticism and eagerness to jump in, you know, um, because even the most distant people do have that desire. They're not distant because it's not, it's because they don't want it. They're distant because they're trying to protect themselves from the pain that can come from not getting it. And, you know, Sasha has managed to prove to her that he can be trusted and he's so open with her and he, he, it's a little hard not to respond to that, you know? And so I wasn't surprised that she sort of just lets herself go because he makes her feel like it's okay and that she'll be mm -hmm. safe in his hands. And once you, oh, once you grab the tailwind, it feels so good, you know? <laughs> you don't want to let go of that. You're like, wow, this is what I've been missing out on. This feels amazing. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And it's, um, it's actually really comforting to watch because along with the rest of the Marats, Amber has experienced a lot of pain and turmoil uh, throughout her time there. And this is just the... Uh, her doing something for herself, like her to kind of get away from everything that she's feeling and have something nice for herself. I also think it has something to do with the whole atmosphere around the hen night, the upcoming wedding. You know, it sets mm -hmm. a certain mood of romance in the air. And sometimes, like just like you said, Sabine, the tone, the energy around you can make you want to open up when you normally wouldn't. Mm-hmm. You know, when people are sharing emotional intimacies, you suddenly, you feel it and you want to share and you want the others to support you and smile at you and be like, oh, that's amazing. That's so wonderful. You know, um, I don't share a lot. I, I'm, I keep things very close to my chest. But mm -hmm. even I have those moments when I'm out with my girls or something and everybody's sharing stories and I'll feel it too. 
and I will actually start talking about things that I normally never talk about or share with anybody. And it just feels good to get it off my chest. It, it like the environment just called for it. And um, I might kick myself later because I felt really vulnerable for having done that, but it's, it's good to do. And mm -hmm. uh, it just says how safe and secure Amber is feeling emotionally right now. And her friends reward that by being nothing but supportive to her, you know, and it, that's a nice feeling. And you're like, you know, I feel like one of the girls, this is nice. <laughs> <laughs> if we are gonna move forward to um, her implying she'd like to spend the night with Sasha mm -hmm. uh, and the fact that he declines, I really think this is an important moment. And it does say a lot about how Amber is eagerly grabbing onto this happiness, but there's still a fear of losing it, a desperation um, that she's so quick to be like, we could, we don't have to go to bed. You know, she doesn't want this feeling to go away. She doesn't want this to end. And she is still aware that Sasha could leave and she really doesn't want him to. And remember, one of the girls even says, he'll have to stay now because he has feelings for Amber. And she says, I hope so. So I can completely understand how somewhere in your head, you'd be like, if I'm the only reason he's staying, I got to make sure he stays, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Has a reason uh -huh. to stay and show him there could be a future between us. I'm completely open up to you. But I love the fact that he declines because I think Sasha recognizes that desperation and he doesn't want their t first time together to be like that. You know, it's like he reassures her, I'm not going anywhere tomorrow. I'm still going to be here. We've got time. You deserve better mm -hmm. than some wham, bam, ma'am, you know, um, that reassurance. And you can see her relax a little bit, you know, <laughs> like, oh, okay. You know, we do have time. You know, I, I thought that was really important about their dynamic and the fact that he gets her, he's reading her and I acclimating every moment he learns something new about her and he's like no i will not let your first time with me be tinged with that kind of desperation no way <laughs> it's, we're gonna wait until it's right for us and i thought that was awesome yeah it makes sasha so much more likable i know there are a lot of people out there who don't like sasha but he's one of the few people who does things like this mm. like say no to the girl because he knows it's not in her best interest if he goes that way right now yeah and he could have so easily done it. I mean, mm -hmm. he's that guy you meet on spring break. You know what I mean? Like he could have so easily just taken advantage of this thinking, well, I'm not going to he be here much longer. She's willing. Why not? But mm -hmm. he doesn't do that to her. And it says how much respect he has for her as a person and not wanting her to ever do anything she'd regret, you know, not wanting to be that for her. Yeah. yeah. He should get more credit for doing that. No. Like I said, I've always liked him, so I don't know what's wrong with the rest of you people. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't see how Sasha gets so much hate from the tribe world community. <laughs> oh, that's simple, they're all Brimber fans. No, that's not fair. <laughs> I don't I, I think okay, I agree. There are some people who probably just don't like Sasha because they don't want to see Amber with anyone but Bray. I get that, you know. But I think there's some people who just genuinely Sasha just doesn't do it for him. There's just something about him. I know there are people who don't like his line delivery, you know, his acting, stuff like mm -hmm. that. I do think he gets way more hate than he deserves, so. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. But don't rush into anything. Take your time. Look at me. I could have married Suit or Bray. Thank goodness I didn't. Speaking of the hem party, 
there was a little interesting comment that Trudy made that I wanted to bring up. Um, she mentions that she could have married either Zoot or Bray when she was talking to the group. Like, do you think this shows that she still hasn't completely like reconciled events and misinterpreted Bray's original intentions? Or do you think it was just a bit of bad writing that slipped through? Um, I've been trying to figure this out for a very long time. Yeah, uh, it could it could have been just an innocent statement about her misjudgment about both of those boys. Mm-hmm. Like she's just telling Amber, you know, you're fortunately you're not like me where you judged poorly the men you were into. Mm-hmm. Because, and I think that's what that's possible that's what she means just in a sleight of hand. I could have continued chasing those white rabbits and that would have been very unhealthy for me. Um but then I do wonder, is there more to her statement um, mm. that she's saying? And I do feel that I don't, I, I do feel there is a hint that there is still feelings, at least for Bray in that statement, but mm-hmm. also the recognition that it wasn't healthy for either of them, even though it hurts. She wishes that she and Bray could still work out, mm-hmm. but she's trying to be, you know, playful and self-deprecating about her past behavior. Because we've all done it. We've all chased somebody who didn't want us. It was obvious to everybody. We made a fool of ourselves for them. And now we have to like make peace with our behavior. And um, self-deprecation is a healthy way to deal with it. Like, I was silly and I was foolish. And huh, you're better than me. You know, congrats mm-hmm. to you. Um, it, it may have a lot to do with just trying to reconcile that pain of being involved with both of those boys. They brought her a lot of pain. You know, she made poor judgment and that's something she has to live with and she's growing up and dealing with that, I think. I think it was also kind of just her way of moving past it. Mm. Just by going, oh, I could have done that, that could have happened, but it's better that it didn't. Yes. You know, just sticking with her own little fantasy of what might have been um, because it's better to remember it that way than all the other stuff that happened around it. And it's a mature outlook, recognizing that it's a good thing that didn't happen because it wouldn't have been good. As much as she might have wanted it to happen, she can recognize that even if she's still in love with Bray, she at least acknowledges that it wouldn't have worked because he didn't love me the same and we weren't good for each other. And that hurts, but she at least gets that, you know? Mm -hmm. But yeah, she, she obviously still has feelings for Bray. Oh yeah, that's clear. It's not like that. That's ever going to change, you know? Because you can tell from the look in her eyes, that's a painful thing for her to admit that she had misjudged those relationships, you know, and been hurt by both of them. But she is trying to be mature and move on and look at them with a little bit of wisdom. I did think it was interesting that, um, like, (laughs) Zandra immediately, like, you know, agrees that you got off lucky because that Bray is a slippery one. You never know where you stand with him. (laughs) And, um... I love the fact that Zandra, she's really pointing to why there is no Bray and Amber right now. Because mm-hmm. Amber doesn't know where she stands with Bray. No matter what happens, you never know what Bray's going to do next. You know, you never know what he really, really wants. Yeah, and I'm just, I, I guess I just thought it was interesting she says that because that's the underlying thing happening in this background. We know Bray is staring longingly after Amber, but how can she know that? Mm-hmm. You know, she has no idea that he is pining for her, wants her so much, is freeing with envy and jealousy for Sasha. She's like, what is your problem, Bray? What is wrong with you? She has no idea that she's the cause, you know, and because, of course, 
you don't know where you stand with Bray. <laughs> or maybe she kind of does know that Bray wants that, but he's not acting on it towards her. That's his problem. He's not going to go along with that. That is a good question. Does Is Amber aware that Bray wants her? Or is it more wistful thinking on her part? Like if she, if you're in Amber's brain, you know, and there's the, I totally know this to be truth. And this is what I wish were true. Does Amber positively know for herself that she think, yes, Bray totally wants me, but because he's not willing to make a move, whatever, that's his problem. Or is Amber thinking more in the, I, I wish, and sometimes I think he wants me, but I really, I don't have anything to solidify that belief. So I'm just not, gonna pay attention to it i because i feel like that's where amber is when she looks at bray like yeah. i think there's a part of her really wants him to want her mm -hmm. but because his behavior is so hard for her to read that she refuses to allow herself to ever believe that he genuinely would want her so instead she stays in that i wish he would I wish, you know, but if he did, he would have done something about it, right? So it's my own imagination mm -hmm. and I refuse to follow that line of thought, you know? Yeah. What are they doing? This is terrible. Sounds like they're drunk. Drunk? Maybe they got some homemade stuff from the farm. I like it. It's funny. No, it's not. Every time Lex is on the grog, something awful happens. Something really awful. I'll go and see what they're up to. So as the boys indulge in some alcohol, Zandra makes a statement about Lex. Um, every time Lex is on the grog, something awful happens, something really awful. Um, yeah, Panna, what do you think about this early reference to his relationship with alcohol? Not at all surprising. Nope. Yeah, it's not surprising. And I thought maybe it gave us a little bit of history or maybe a little bit of his family history because a lot of people who deal with alcoholism a lot of that is genetic from mm -hmm. their uh, past family. So maybe his, either his mom or his dad had a drinking problem that they didn't really touch on in the show. I, I'm not going to lie. I kind of thought Sandra was just being a little melodramatic because all I can think was something awful happens even when Lex isn't drunk. I, <laughs> everything awful that's happened with Lex, he's been completely sober. <laughs> Oh, I agree with that. How much worse can it get? Is he going to set the mall on fire? Like, seriously, how much worse is it going to get? I always thought it was a bit of a reference back to the things we didn't see, you know? The things that might have happened with Lex and Sandra before uh, they joined the mall at. Because yeah. he's obviously seen him drink before. That's what I think is funny. Like, she is talking like, oh my gosh, if he gets drunk... It's going to be so bad. And all I'm thinking mm -hmm. of is we've just spent 30-something episodes with this kid. And he's done so many bad things completely sober. How much worse can it possibly get with him <laughs> that you're actually concerned? <laughs> Zandra rarely shows genuine concern for the awful things Lex does. But now she's like, oh my gosh, you guys. <laughs> it's really, really bad. Like, I would stop eating. I'd be like, is he going to blow up the mall? What's <laughs> what do you mean something really awful? <laughs> yeah, I, I think the others saw it as melodramatic, but I think for Zandras, he might have actually um, been around Lex a couple of times when he was drunk. Because I would have been like, okay, I'm taking that warning to heart because I've seen Lex in action. I'm, <laughs> I'm going down there and stopping this right now. <laughs> yeah, and throughout the series, Lex never suited me for someone who's like a bad drunk. 
I mean, we've seen him in some episodes where he's like really drunk and he acts out a little bit, but it's not like he's drinking every day. Like he can't go a day without drinking. That is interesting. Like we don't know this. Okay. When you first see this episode, you don't know, you know, like um, you have no idea what's coming down the pipe and how Lex will deal with alcoholism and such. But I can say looking back at the series, Lex does not do his worst stuff when he's drunk. Mm-hmm. Think about the times you've seen him genuinely drunk and how he's behaved. The worst things Lex has done, he's done totally sober. So I can't help but wonder if when the writers put this in, it was meant to sound really ominous and maybe even a hint at his past, but they never really come back to it and use it because Lex, we see Lex drunk in the future and he doesn't do anywhere nearly the bad stuff that he does when he's sober. He's a better drunk than Bray is. Yes, he's certainly a better drunk than Bray. He gets giggly, he gets foolish, but he doesn't really hurt anybody. He doesn't do what you would expect him to do when he's drunk. He's careless, he's irresponsible, but he's that when he's sober. So, I don't know, it, it does feel like it was a line that was just kind of put in there to sound ominous and stuff and get you on you're like oh my gosh is this night gonna go bad because lex has been drinking but they never the writers never utilize it they never use it going forth into the future yeah and you can actually make a a case that he's actually more friendly when he's drunk yeah (laughs) and completely just incapable like he's not gonna do much just (laughs) throw him on a mattress let him sleep it off right a product of their drinking games um Casey and Dow decide to have a drunken rollerblading race around the mall and Casey accidentally crashes into Jack which breaks his leg. Casey's going around Boston. You're neck and neck around the corner. Dow's just hanging on to the lead. Casey's making a burst down the ball. Um... First of all, what did you think of Zandra's massive overreaction? <laughs> it was so Zandra. I laughed so hard. <laughs> I just love that scream. She just does it so, so well. Even My favorite happy. part of that scream is Amber's reaction to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, Amber's thought published was just said, good lord. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's all it's all silly it's all silly fun um because you know because we just had zandra mention that lex being drunk is a really bad terrible thing it kind of amps things up a little bit so now you're paying more attention to the boys watching them get drunker and drunker you're waiting for the big thing the big explosive thing to happen you know and then it just turns out you know jack falls off a chair You know, it's a nice distillation of that tension. You know, oh, okay, it's fine. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) This was the big thing that happened we were all worried about, you know. Um, The rollerblading race does make me laugh because even the rest of the tribe knows that Dal's so bad that he has to have a handicap in this tribe. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's common knowledge that Dal can't use his legs. (laughs) Oh. Oh my god. Um, I, I really think all the actors did a very good job. They definitely looked I was convinced that these were a bunch of boys, got themselves, you know, some alcohol and yeah, 
was very fun watching them together mm-hmm. and play. And I, I really liked the rollerblading race. Like, why not? I love that Lex is like, I don't want to play cards anymore. I want to do something active and fun, you know? And it definitely felt like a party thrown by adolescent boys. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very believable. And, oh, but Bray. Bray's <laughs> attitude. Just such. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I, I love, okay. I know this doesn't happen at the moment, but I loved the look on his face when he realizes that Sasha has won Amber. He sees mm-hmm. him back and he's just like, oh, they're kissing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, what did you expect, Ray? This boat has been in the harbor honking its horn and waiting for you to board. And you're that person who's been putting it off and now you're surprised it set sail without you. <laughs> You have ages to make a move. <laughs> this shouldn't be a surprise. You knew Sasha was interested in her. You saw she was receptive to it. If you didn't want that to happen, you could have made a move. And you did nothing. And then he's surprised. It's so like earlier in the season, Bray, the one who just, who did nothing but expected things to work out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So he does nothing about the Amber situation and yet has the nerve to be shocked. Like, what? How did this happen? Like, how do you think it happened, Bray? That just makes me laugh. And, oh, I, I'm i sorry. I just don't think Bray Cameron, uh, Dwayne Cameron is very good at playing um, the pouty whiner. No. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I no, just no. can't stand it. I can't stand it um, when he pouts. Because, one, I don't even feel like he has a really good reason for it. Like, he could have prevented this problem. He could have done something about it. And I, I think it's a big part of it, though. If we see Bray Pout, it's usually because he didn't do something yeah. that he should have done to get what he wants. And now he's not getting it because he didn't do anything about it. And so for me, that makes it really intolerable, you know? <laughs> and uh, the facial expressions. I mean, I know Dwayne is having the time of his life doing it, but I hate his pouty expressions <laughs> and the nasty way he's looking at I'm like, I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you look kind of dumb. <laughs> like he thinks he's being intimidating and he's, you know, wagging his package all in Sasha's face. And Sasha's like, dude, I'm secure in my manhood. <laughs> like, I don't know what you're doing. And, uh, I don't need to measure anything with you, Bray. <laughs> it makes me root for Amber and Sasha so much more. Because I do like that about Sasha. Like he doesn't feel that even though he there are things he can't do that Bray is better obviously better at he's not insecure about it he totally accepts like oh no that's not my forte I can't do that and I'm secure in that you know I'm like yeah Bray that's far more attractive than your pouty lower lip I hate to break it to you I love Bray he's like you want he's trying to dare Sasha to use the skateboard but Sasha's like no I, I can't do that I'm comfortable with the fact that I can't do that. I'm not about to break anything. It's like, oh, I thought you were good at everything. Like, wow. <laughs> it's a common Bray gets quite often as well, though. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I mean, it's good that we see Bray like this, because, again, it makes him very human. But I'm just like, I got no sympathy for you, buddy. None. Yeah, zero. Um, you want Amber, but you are so unattractive right now. <laughs> this is not going to win her over acting like this. It is funny how he goes after Sasha about the magic, tri- magic tricks, and that's exactly what he himself has done. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> what a bot! I swear, like he—that's exactly how he got into the tribe doing a yeah. trick like that with coins. Yeah, with the coin trick, 
and then has the nerve. He's like, oh my gosh, here comes this guy who does it even better and impresses everyone. (laughs) (laughs) They like it when he does it. And when he did it, Lex was all, oh, we don't need magic tricks. We don't like tricks. Like, wow, jealousy does not look good on you, Bray. (laughs) Not at all. But, you know, it does feel like it's karmic punishment because that's Mm -hmm. exactly what Celine and Trudy had to go through. All that jealousy they felt for each other because of him. And he just kind of sat in the middle, you know, not trying to really resolve that problem. Yeah. So it's like, you deserve this. For me, it was quite enjoyable to watch. (laughs) You know? (laughs) He should suffer. your own stupid fault. I've got some herbal remedies that'll make you feel more human. Don't spoil him. Let him learn his lesson. Um, yeah, on the subject of being drunk, I, what did you think of um, Patsy's reaction to KC? Because um, previously, the night before, she was quite, she found it all funny. Um, but then as soon as she saw the state they were in, she was really condemning him <laughs> about it. I know. I don't, I, I don't, I was thinking of that, and I really don't have an explanation for it whatsoever. I don't know. She, she was like, I think it's fun. And now she's like, he deserves it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I got nothing. It was just a sudden like, change. Yeah, it was like... <laughs> I think it's just a bit of writing uh, inconsistency. <laughs> I don't know. It's so funny because she responds to him having a hangover like that in season two as well. Mm-hmm. Or was it season three? Either way, like anytime Casey's had a, a hangover, Patsy is very unsympathetic about it. <laughs> Could be writing inconsistency because I really have no idea why her attitude would change from because when she makes the comment about thinking it's fun, it's almost implying she doesn't really understand what the boys are doing, like that they're drinking and they'll get drunk or what can happen when they get mm-hmm. drunk. Like she's just completely oblivious to what alcohol is or how it affects people. But when you hear her in the morning, she talks as though she knows all about hangovers. And this is how drunk people are in the morning. And she's very experienced with that. So, yeah, it's like, what, what, was, that, what was that about? <laughs> I mean, was it KC throwing up, right? Yeah. 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 So, what was the response he and Paul got after stuffing their faces with all the candy and throwing up? Ah, serves them right, you know? <laughs> I think for her, it's kind of a bit of the same. He did something he shouldn't have, and now he's throwing up, so she doesn't feel sorry for him. Then again, Patsy often tends to waver back and forth between how old she's going to behave. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I do think that just has to do with the trauma that she's gone through, because sometimes she will revert to acting very young and needing, you know, so that the people around her will be more protective and look after her. And then all of a sudden, you'll she'll act in and a way that is very more common to her age, you know? Um, so maybe it's just Patsy switching back and forth. Mm-hmm. Well, and in a moment like this, you know, for a girl her age, it's way more fun to act high and mighty with, I shouldn't have done that. If you see that's what the older girls are doing, you know, she's kind of mimicking their response. That's true. I mean, that's what it is a lot when you're that age, you're, you are mimicking your older peers mm-hmm. and, you know, trying to say the things that they would or that would keep you included in the group. And Patsy seems very aware of that. And it matters a lot to her. She loves to talk about understanding the rules about things, especially in season two. You know, mm-hmm. this is the way it works, Chloe. And Chloe, who's never cared about any of that, is just like, really? <laughs> <laughs> 
You know the deal. Last time was one off. No more freebies. I've got something for you. Sorry, I can't use this. But they're diamonds. They're fake. Cheap glass. Worthless. But it's all I've got. So let's move on to Celine. So with Sandra's necklace in her possession, she returns to Rowan to trade it for some food. But Rowan refuses to take it, telling her that the stones are glass rather than diamond. Um, while plot convenient, because it gives both Lex and Zandra a happy ending, do you think it was realistic that Rowan didn't accept the necklace for trade, or do you think it was just a sly push towards what might happen later on? I think it was more of a push. Mm. And, well, maybe she didn't really have a use for it. It's not like you can eat it, and it's not like there's much trade for jewellery at that point. Mm. You know, it's not, it's pretty, but it's not useful. And besides telling Celine this isn't enough, makes it all the more likely she's willing to go for whatever Rowan suggests next. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I, uh, I agree. I think it's both a push and, uh, and realistic. I think many people, when trading, I, I don't think they would have much use for a necklace unless they really wanted it and they think it looks nice. Um, I mean, you can see certain people in future episodes trading with, uh, in the casino, certain things they have to offer, like batteries and things that are actually useful for survival. And I don't think a necklace would would do much for people these days. Unless you're trading with the modes. Yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to say that, um, I mean, things are only worth what we say they're worth at the end of the day. And, I mean, Lex makes a comment when he holds up his water, like, this makes me a millionaire. You know, it's the mm -hmm. most precious thing that we have. The necklace isn't valuable because it's made of diamonds. It's valuable because of what it represents to Zandra. So I, I can't argue that Rowan may have been trying to push, you know, Celine towards a certain desperation so she could use her. I can't make an argument against that. I don't think that's what she was doing at this moment in time. I really do feel like she just couldn't use the necklace. You know, and she's just like, this isn't worth anything to me. No one's going to trade for this. I don't care how pretty it is. And even how quickly she says, it's cheap glass. It's not worth anything at all. I cannot use this. It's not going to help me. So I, I honestly think that's the reason she didn't accept it, because it wouldn't be of any use to her. But it's you guys could still, it could be true that she. this is just part of her MO, pushing someone who's desperate for trade to be more desperate possible i don't i honestly just don't think it is because i don't think rowan makes that connection till later that you know oh this girl really is desperate and i could use that but i feel like right now she's just not thinking along those lines she just sees selena someone who could trade with her if you want food you got to trade i can't use this so come back with something better that whole thing with the necklace though um again i've already i discussed last week how i feel like this this takes selene back into that world of just unforgivable Mm -hmm. uh, but you know what bugs me <laughs> once again Celine does something that's pretty unforgivable and doesn't pay any price for it Yeah, like nobody knows that she did this she got away with it again and that's why she keeps doing it because she keeps getting away with it <laughs> it doesn't sit well with me you know <laughs> it just doesn't <laughs> wow you would screw over your friends like this there isn't anything else you could have found in the mall. Again, there is a jewelry store in the mall. <laughs> I know it's boarded up, but it exists. 
there's an antique shop. I'm sure there is something in there that you could find. Saipan has so many things. <laughs> Just Pretty little Chinese. Why would you take the one sentimental item that your friend has and wants to use on her big day? <laughs> An heirloom. Why would you pick that? Come on. Again, Take one of the batteries they've charged. What are you doing? Oh, it just it makes me mad. And then she gets away with it. Nobody knows that she did this thing. And ah, it does not sit well with me. Oh, that is. You could have waited that one day till after the wedding to take that, and Sandra probably would have been too caught up in everything to notice. Yes, that's another thing. I mean, it's not like they're short on food right now. They just had the hen's night. They're about to have a banquet the day of the wedding. There's going to be plenty of food. You can deal with this for a day until it's all over. And then if you really want to steal from somebody, do it then when it doesn't matter anymore. This is just a complete lack of self-control at all. Like, I just don't care. I don't care about anybody. Come on. I, I'm, I, can't, I can't give her any slack for it. I'm sorry. I just can't. And I say that as somebody who has had bulimia. Like, I just, mm-hmm. nope. I'm not giving her any slack on this one. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. I like. The, I do like the moment though when um Sasha and Dal find it with Patsy, and again you're getting hints once again that Sasha is not made for tribe life or solving problems like getting to the bottom of things or worrying about them because as soon as they find the necklace, Sasha goes, "Okay, everything's fine now." But Dal's like, "But why is it here? Who took it? How did it get here?" You know, and that's part of living with people, getting to the pr- bottom of a problem. But Sasha's like, who cares? It doesn't matter. It's here now. <laughs> it's moving on. <laughs> and you can see Dal's face. Like, he's still uncomfortable with the fact that if the necklace had been here the whole time, they Zandra would have found it. This is where she was getting dressed. It would have been here, you know. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was an interesting little insight to Sasha. Still isn't on board with this tribe life. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, you guys make problems out of everything. <laughs> <laughs> With this here ring, I vow my undying love. Vow it. I do. And I vow the same to you. So that leads us to our final thoughts of the episode, which is the wedding itself. Um, and it's the second time lucky for the happy couple. Um, there's quite a few striking differences compared to last time. Um, yeah, panel, what do you think of the ceremony? I'm, I'm not going to lie, you guys. I got weepy. <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> it's so beautiful. <laughs> Lex actually looks like he made an effort. <laughs> I know it's doomed, but it's still so sweet. <laughs> yeah, it's sweet and it's kind of sad because it's like every woman Lex has been with, they've either, you know, died or gone away. And we said Bray was the I, cursed monkey paw yeah. lover. <laughs> we said that about Bray last week. <laughs> <laughs> At least most of his women got out of it alive. Bray. Well, I mean, we don't, we still don't know what happened to Danny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I did love the wedding. I am, and I do feel they do a good job. The tone is very different and um, it's not played for a joke. It's played for what it's meant to be, hope, a new beginning. 
granted, we know how this ends. We know that, you know, Lex is here for all the wrong reasons. We know that Zondra is being short-sighted and blinded by her romanticism. But it's still hope. Every union is hope, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, can, I can never become so cyn- like uh, such a cynic about romance that I don't wish at every wedding I attend the best for this couple. I know the odds probably aren't in their favor <laughs> just because we're humans and stuff happens. But it doesn't matter. Every wedding I go to, I cross my fingers and I'm like, man, I hope you, I wish you all the freaking happiness in the world. I really hope you've got what it takes to make it. I want that for you. I genuinely feel that because when two people look at each other and say, okay, we're going to be a team. We're going to walk through life hand in hand. We're going to do this together. Every wall of crap that comes down, we're going to shovel through it together. That is beautiful. It really is. And no matter how it ends, it, it doesn't change how beautiful it was when it began, you know? And I feel like the tone is in that area compared to the last time when it was like, this is a joke. It's not supposed to happen. This time there is this hope that this could work out maybe, you know, and how supportive everyone is towards it. Everybody is hoping the same thing. And nobody is saying anything mean or cruel about the fact that this shouldn't be happening. Uh, They've shown up for their friends. They want this to be good. I honestly think that uh, Amber's a better officiator of the wedding than Tysan, and she's much mm-hmm. more down to earth and matter of fact and genuine. Where Tysan was pretty freaking pretentious, pretentious, <laughs> it was just so hipster douchebag. I couldn't. <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> it worked for the tone of the other wedding because it really was a joke that shouldn't mm-hmm. happen, and everything was just ridiculous. But this time, I feel like Amber was way better for a genuine union of two people who are supposed to care about each other deeply. I, I think it was, I just really thought it was beautiful. I thought it was given the reverence it deserved. And, um, even Lex, he, he's there. He, he doesn't know why he's here. <laughs> he doesn't really know why he's here, but he's at least here for it. He's at least doing his trying. You know, this is what Zondra wants and I'm here and... And Ryan rips his butt out of bed and he's like, okay, I'm going, I'm going. Because <laughs> um, I think even Lex understands on some level that he's lucky that Zondra is still sticking with him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. even he gets it. Like, nobody else would put up with him but her. So, dude, get it together. Yeah. I have to say, I did love the fact that Lex had his vows and Zondra simply said, and I vowed the same to you. Because <laughs> all she wanted was for him to think about what he was going to say, write his wedding vows, and, I mean, she would always be faithful, be good, but, yeah, I, I like that she made him struggle for that. Yeah, I thought that was That funny. surprised me, yeah. <laughs> and she made such a fuss about the vows, and then she didn't even say any. <laughs> that was great. She got him so bad. <laughs> She's like, yeah, and I vow the same to you. <laughs> And it's true. She wasn't the one who needed vows. He did, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, you need to think about this. You need to think about what this means and what I mean to you. I felt bad for Ryan. Oh, poor <laughs> Ryan. Poor Ryan. Uh, I was just going to say, does Zandra know that Lex can't read? Um, as far as we've been told, she doesn't. Um, and, you know, because Ryan tells him, you should just tell her that you can't read. She's going to be your friggin' wife, man. He's like, I can't tell her that. She'll mm-hmm. laugh at me. So uh, I think he's been able to hide it from her. Speaking yeah. of Ryan, there was that one little moment 
where Amber asks, has anyone got anything to say to stop this wedding? And he's like, um... <laughs> well, it's because everyone's looking at him and just like, oh... Well, I mean, I do have some reservations about this. Yeah, and then they're all staring at him for the rings, and he still thinks oh. about that. <laughs> Poor Ryan, that's just... For a second, you think he's, he's, he's about to get up to bravery to say, there's a reason I'm in love with her. And then Zandra's like, the ring? He's like, oh, right. <laughs> okay, right. And I got that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I've been saved a few times from making a fool of myself like that because I misread the room. And I thought I was being asked one thing. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, somebody said something that was saved me from actually saying what I was going to say. Like, oh, of course, that's what, of course, that's what you guys are talking about, right? Right. You kind of know the moment you attend the wedding, you're not gonna say something that would stop the wedding, even if you want to. Even if you if you do think they're making a mistake, you're not gonna say it if you're there, unless you're only there for that specific reason. Your graduate moment. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Banging on the doors. No! <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> no, I, I did think the wedding was beautiful. And, and it, it definitely has that feeling of, we hope, maybe, there's, maybe there is potential for these two. You know, and it is sad that, it, you know, Zandra's faith will be misplaced. You know, and, but for this moment, she believed he was there for her. He showed up. And she believed that he reciprocated the same love she had for him, you know. And I was thinking about that necklace and when she falls apart because she can't find it. And I, oh man, it hit me in my gut because it's like, um, again, most, a lot of women, they grow up thinking of their wedding day. And it, it's, it's just blasted into our brains what that day is supposed to be like. And we hang on to these things that are going to be really important to us. It might be the flowers. It might be the photographs. It might be just having your family there. And um, I know, like, for example, for me, it was a big deal as to who was going to walk me down the aisle. Uh, was it going to be my grandfather, the man who raised me, or was it going to be my stepfather and stuff like that? And, like, she doesn't have any of that. She doesn't have her dad. She doesn't have her mom or grandparents. They're not there to watch her do this thing. All she has is this necklace that's been passed down in her family. Mm -hmm. And it's like having them with her. So the minute it goes missing, you know, just the way she falls apart. Like, I can't do this. It's a bad omen. I'm not supposed to get married if I do not have this family heirloom. It's just what she says. My grandmother wore it at her wedding. You know what I mean? Like, that's all I've got left, you know? <laughs> oh, my. Like, so... I don't even, I'm just happy it got back. Like, I'm happy she had that. <laughs> I really, really am. I was really upset about that necklace, you guys. <laughs> I'm like, give her her damn necklace! <laughs> there, there's one small bit about this wedding, though, that surprised me. She was so adamant to have Chloe and Patsy be her bridesmaids the last time she tried this. And this time, they're just standing there as non-bridesmaids. They, they hold her train. Yeah. But they don't dress up. Um, again, I think that's part of the point. The last wedding was all pomp and circumstance. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, it was just a big show. Um, but it, the real thing that mattered wasn't there. The love between mm -hmm. the bride and groom didn't exist. And the whole thing was just a farce. And so she was caught up in the spectacle of her wedding. You know, this wedding isn't about the spectacle. It really is about the union. So it doesn't matter what everybody's mm -hmm. wearing to it um 
even her outfit. Remember what she was going to wear the last time? Mm-hmm. It was cute, but it was gaudy, definitely. You know, it was very mm-hmm. thrift store chic. <laughs> and this time, it's so classic, you know, and demure and very lovely. Very lovely mm-hmm. take on the white wedding dress, you know. And um, even her m- makeup is downplayed and it's very elegant. And um, so, yeah, I, I think that's the point, that it isn't about the spectacle. It's about the union, you know, and the emotions behind it. Because I, I noticed that, too. I was like, oh, the girls aren't even dressed up. It just didn't matter this time. What matters is the man she loves finally showed up and she gets to be with him. And that's the truth. I mean, when you really are in love and you're like, I want to spend my life with you, you won't care where you do it. You know what I mean? Like, suddenly mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if it's in some grand church and, you know, 400 guests and duck is on the menu. Y- you could commit yourself to them in a trailer. You know, I love you. I don't care who sees it. I I just want you to know it. I'm here for you forever. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the tone they were going for this time. Yeah, that definitely made it feel a lot more natural. It does give you a warm feeling with <laughs> the last shot, kissing and the fountain and the water. And yeah. It's like, yeah, like there can be a future. Like, yeah, <laughs> this might work out. This might work out. <laughs> So sweet. And yeah, I got all weepy. <laughs> like, seriously? If I reach the age where I always cry at weddings now? <laughs> Apparently. One thing I did find hilarious in this episode was when the boys are drinking and they're telling Lex that he's going to be with Sandra for the rest of his life, even if Ebony comes along and offers her self up and they drink to Ebony. <laughs> <laughs> a toast just get increasingly ridiculous I love that <laughs> do you see the, Lexa, the look on Lex's face when they say that and he realizes that if Ebony did come on to him he couldn't be with her like he's like mm-hmm. of course I'd say no right <laughs> like it just hit him that yes everyone expects full fidelity from you from now on so what have I got myself into I for- he'd forgotten about that part he totally mm-hmm. did I think there's something very bittersweet about this episode um, that does coincide with Sasha, just the what he brought. This is the last time for a while that they're going to be okay when you think about it mm-hmm. like as a group. And, you know, Sasha's going to leave us. He's going to take Amber away for a little while. And the mall is going to literally fall apart in her absence. And then... Mm-hmm. It's just going to continue down that avenue. Like, this is... They're all united right now. And when you realize it's not going to last, like almost immediately the fractures are going to start appearing again. And the like infighting is going to appear again. And (laughs) it's like, it's actually pretty bittersweet because everyone's so happy right now. And literally starting from the next episode, you're going to start watching things start to fall apart again. So I was just going to leave and the magic will be gone. So that brings episode 33 to a close. Thank you very much to the panel and we'll see you next time for episode 34. So until then, bye. Bye. Later days. Bye.